Praise the Lord and welcome. You are listening to IHAP Podcast, episode number 18. With me, your host, Reverend Mario A. Najera. To all our returning listeners uh, and for all those listening for the first time, uh, thank you for joining me. And my guest for today, Senior Pastor Steve Perez of Fountain Apostolic Church in Ventura, California. We are here to testify that no matter where your life's journey has taken you, that Jesus loves you, Jesus still saves, and Jesus is still doing works within his people. So listen, grow, as we share what God has done in the life of my guest today, Pastor Steve Perez. Pastor Steve, thank you so much, sir, for being on here today on the podcast, and welcome, sir. Amen. Thank you, brother. It's such a great honor and privilege to be on this uh, podcast today. Oh, thank you. Again, the pleasure is all mine. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you in person, sir, but uh, as a family in Christ, I know we just feel that bond and that spirit right away, and, and again, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just really appreciative of your time. Um, so uh, along with the, everyone that's listening in today with this pastor in the audience, uh, I'm going to be learning and growing with them just, uh, just as they're going to be doing as we get to hear, uh, you know, the works that God has done in, uh, for you in your life, sir, and and I guess I want to open up with that is what was your earliest experiences uh, or memories of, of yourself or your life before you, you got into church or before your own personal relationship with Christ? Wow. Um, my family came uh, when I was about eight or nine years old, into uh, got converted into the apostolic faith. Prior to that, um, my family uh, came from a life of uh, a lot of violence, mm. a lot of jail. My father went to jail a whole lot. But my dad always had a, a desire of change. He didn't mm. want to stay there. So he took us through. Uh, we went through studies with the Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses. Um, we went through catechism. We did, we did everything. Um, and then we landed in a four square church at about, oh, seven, eight years old I was. And, and it was there that I really enjoyed their children's program. And in the meantime, the Lord was working on my mom, mm. uh, through a coworker mm. and she was from the apostolic church and she began to share faith with my mom. And, and, uh, finally her husband came and started giving my dad and, and mom Bible studies um, and all of a sudden, I remember it was about two o'clock in the morning. The brother would stay, and all night long, they would just wow. go over the Word of God, talk about Jesus' name, baptism, infilling of the Holy Ghost, until finally the brother left about midnight, and my dad was still studying till about two in the morning. And he started screaming, full of joy that he got it, the oneness of God, the revelation mm. came to him. And uh, we landed in the West Whittier Apostolic Church. In, in about 1980, and my parents gave their life to the Lord, and uh, and there uh, they were baptized and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost there, and and that's I remember revivals, and you might know him from the Arizona area, the late uh, Manuel Rivera, mm. and and from the Phoenix area, he he was the one preaching revivals during that time a lot in in our church and. Mm -hmm just watching the amazing move of God. And, and as a young boy, nine years old, uh, up until 12, there was just a fascination with the move of God. And so mm. that was my early experience uh, in coming to the church. Yeah. You know, praise God already. You know, you are just mentioning, Pastor, about, um, you know, about family. And, you know, uh, you know, the early experiences with, 
you know, serving time in jail, you know, your father and, you know, thank God that he had that instilled or just something that was instilled in him to do something better, you know, because yes, yeah, exactly. most of the times you just hear t- t- statistics of families where usually where the family goes, the father, or the mother, you know, the children don't fall too far from that, whether it's alcohol and drugs and it just becomes a cycle in this chain. So praise God for God's grace and that, that it, it was God already working in your father's heart, even though he wasn't necessarily too sure, maybe, but he, he like you said, he got it. Amen. <laughs> he yes, got he the did. one. This. Um, so you, you were, you said at eight or nine, you were experiencing that. And, and did that kind of drive you? Um, I mean, obviously experiencing those things and, and, and feeling the presence of God at a young age, uh, did that kind of just want to make you committed to want to serve God uh, in your own way, besides the family being involved in this? Yeah, you know, from that age on till I was 12, um, I really desired to to serve the Lord with mm-hmm. all my heart. And there was a passion. I'd love to do things around the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that place, uh, at that church, we had a snow cone ministry. And so <laughs> I would love to do that. I'd get there early on a Sunday and and, and help out. It was just so exciting. Uh, at 12, uh, we got baptized mm. in 1983. And uh, there was such a desire mm. um, to, to just really take off with the Lord and do more for God. The, the greatest challenge I think we had in, during those years was uh, because of my dad's background, nobody knew what to do with him. Um. They, in the church, they really didn't have know how to handle his where he came from, mm-hmm. his lifestyle and stuff. And so it was very uh, challenging um, until finally, uh, you know, um, there was a church that relocated uh, in about 1986. Pastor David Hernandez moved to Whittier from East Los Angeles. Yeah. And that I was by that time I was 15 years old. Um, I had struggled between the ages 12 to 15, um, but thank God for uh, an English-speaking church mm-hmm. opening up. And because my family we didn't speak Spanish, oh. and so that was huge. Um, and so when East LA moved to uh, Whittier area, um, we the Lord uh, used that church to really. Uh, set us straight mm, yeah. <laughs> in what we need and what we needed, and so under the the care of Pastor David Hernandez, that's where God really began to mold me because I still mm. had the residue of the past, uh-huh. and I still had those all those uh, wounds and uh, ideas and stuff from the world, but under His direction and His guidance and the word that He preached and and taught and the mm. discipline he taught us. Um, it's what molded us and prepared us for where God was going to launch us one day. All right. That's awesome. Pastor, did Pastor David Hernandez, he, did he have an outreach men's ministry? Yes. Yeah. Lifeline outreach. Yes. Yes. That's where I, I was in, I, a resident there at 15 years old. I oh. went into the men's home and, and was there with, uh, under the direction of Pastor Hernandez and the late uh, Joe Perry was our coordinator. Mm. I remember the first time I ever experienced meeting Pastor Hernandez. Uh, it was at a district youth camp here in Arizona. And, um, you know, I, I found him really interesting because, you know, the white hair and slick back, and they were going to give him an opportunity to speak. 
And I thought, oh, you know, we're having such a fire time here. And now they're going to let him speak. This is when I was younger, when I was naive. I didn't <laughs> understand, uh, you know, about how, how God just uses anybody or whatever. But when Pastor Hernandez stood up there, and it was just young men. And it was a young men conference. And he just started speaking about how we think we should have girlfriends. And what, I mean, he just started saying all these things, Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you guys, you guys are, you know, just saying like, he almost talked to us like my dad or my mom would talk to us, you know, <laughs> and he just, he, my mouth just hit the floor and I was just aghast. And, and I was like, my goodness, he's a pastor. I would ask him, he's a pastor. They go, yes, he's a pastor. <laughs> yeah. He was real direct. Yes. He, he yeah. Didn't hold back. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I could imagine under that tutelage or under that guidance, that guidance, you know, you probably weren't able to get away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> no, no. Just when we thought we did, it seemed like, he was watching us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that that's that's an interesting uh, timeline. Uh, so, at the age of twelve, you gave your life to the Lord. You mentioned fifteen. You were in that program. You were already kind of instilled with uh, the servant attitude or heart. You were mentioning you like to be involved in the snow cone ministry and right. be around the church and help. But when when do you feel, uh, Pastor, that 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 calling to minister in a sense of uh, uh, becoming a minister or in the pastorship, uh, how how did that kind of road lead for you? Uh, how, what was that road like that led you to that place? It's funny. Uh, when I felt the calling into ministry, I was 17 years old. Wow. And uh, my pastor had assigned me to be the vice president of the youth mm. at the time. And uh, I had a plan, you know, to be ordained by the time I was 18 be uh, uh, launched into ministry, get married, and, and just take off. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting with him and say, Pastor, this is, this is my plan. And he looked at me and he said, Steve, just be faithful. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. And so from the age of 17, um, we just continued laboring, serving, and just waiting to see what God would do. We didn't know when that would be. Mm. And from the age of 17 to 29 uh, is when God finally uh, put in the heart of a, our pastor to set us aside. Okay. <laughs> and so it, there was a huge timeline, very different than my timeline. Yeah. <laughs> but in that time, my pastor taught me uh, when I was in high school, because we had a Christian academy there. And he said, Steve, if you can serve without a position, mm -hmm. that will make you a better leader. Mm -hmm. and, and for some reason, God had always put me in positions to serve without a title. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and God has always elevated me that way. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I would fall into a position, mm -hmm. but it wasn't me searching out a position. Yes. It was just something that would come to me. And so finally, uh, it wasn't. At the age of 29, I was ordained. And then at that time, uh, we were serving as an assistant pastor. And um, and we just had a lot of, uh, in our heart, a, a lot of uh, uncertainty. Mm. I'll never forget it. It was in 2005. By this time, 2005 comes. I'm serving as a minister, assistant pastor. You know, never really thought I would be a pastor. It wasn't on my mind. Mm -hmm. I was in a frustrated state in my life. And, and, uh, I went to a conference, my wife and I by ourselves, I have five children. I left them all behind. <laughs> uh, 
And I just said, I need a word from the Lord mm. because I had moved from, I had left Whittier to go help a church out in, in Oxnard, Port Wyneme area. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and I was in a, the place where I was going to decide to go back to my home church or I was going to, you know, stay where the Lord would, wherever mm. he wanted me. And it was at that conference in, in Stockton uh, at Bishop Joe Mendoza's church, mm. uh, Midnight Cry Conference, that the Lord spoke to me that it was time to mm. pastor. And I couldn't believe that. I was like, me, pastor? Yeah. And the craziest thing was my wife agreed with me. She felt the calling with me. So we went back home and we told the pastor here, uh, we felt the calling and he asked me, where do you want to go? And I said, wherever you tell me to go, I'll go. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wasn't going to start a, a work in the city over or nothing like mm -hmm. that. I wanted to, I was obedient to our pastor. I was under subjection. And he went back to our senior pastor, which was David Hernandez, still from Whittier, because our church came out of his ministry. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know what? Steve has been in that church since it started. He goes, uh, I want you to come back and leave Steve there. And so they came back and they told me that, and I could not believe it. I, I didn't know what I said. They asked me if I would like to take over the church. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, yeah, sure. And sure enough, that's what happened. I took over uh, the church. And then that was in uh, January of 06. And then a couple months later, uh, uh, another church uh, here in Ventura, the, the Ventura Church, mm. um, the the pastor's wife passed away, and they had served this church for like 35 years. Wow. And our district bishop said, we want you to move from your church in Oxnard, Port Wyneme, and move and, and fuse them together with Ventura. Would you be willing? And we it was like uh, we went from leasing to owning the property and wow. and all that. And that happened in, in 2006. So it was kind of like God would just put us in places that mm. we just couldn't believe. And, and we've been here now. We, January, this month, we'll be pastoring 12 years. Wow. Praise God. Years. Yeah. Wow. So it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's always the same uh, message where your heart is willing to serve. And like you mentioned, Pastor, God will just place you. Uh, and elevate you in those places, and that—that's what's amazing. Not not seeking out for yourself, but uh, rather just um, trying to expand the kingdom of God and and seeking His His presence. And all those other things are going to be added on. So, uh, you know, I hear that common theme with everyone that I've ever <clears throat> spoken to, and it, it's true. It's very true. Right. Um, but Pastor, um, you know, getting this church now um, when you were starting off. Were there ever times where, you know, you said your wife was in agreement and accord, you know, you felt God speak to you, but was there ever a time where you were just there pastoring and you're just thinking, well, maybe, or, you know, what's going on? <laughs> Man, you know, as pastors, you know, sometimes we always want to have the cape on and the red boots yeah. on. And <laughs> we're supermen and, you know, we don't, but there was a, a period for about three years mm. where I felt that the vision had dimmed um, from 2012 to 2015. Oh, wow. And uh, wow. we had grown exponentially quick. Mm -hmm. And so we started renting another property wow. on Sundays. 
and it was it was awesome. Everybody was growing, everybody was moving. Um, but the the rent that we were paying, we were paying for both properties, mm. and it just got too much, and and so um, we had to come back to our uh, smaller facility. Mm. And when that happened, families left, oh. and it was like I went into a cave. Mm. And uh, it was probably the darkest place in my life. Um, I didn't preach the same. Uh, and I didn't even recognize it. That's the funny part about mm-hmm. it. I didn't. Um, my son was in Bible college, and he had to write a, an essay about our church history. Mm. And he wrote about the ch- the church and how... Uh, Ventura was founded and, and the different men of God that have come through. Mm. And then he got to mine and he wrote, he wrote about what we, when we got here and all the way up. And then he, when he hit those years and I was reading his essay for college, I was like, Whoa. And the Lord showed me. Um, it was like, I went into a morning mm. because we felt like we failed. Oh. And it was like, uh, in 2015 um, is when everything finally just came back. A revitalization mm-hmm. came back in my walk with God, and and God uh, woke me up, and and I was able to uh, reland my feet. Yeah. I think for for ministry, um, my pastor died my first year in pastorship, mm-hmm. and so there was nobody that I felt that confident to turn to. Mm. There was good men of God and we have great leaders, but no one that had your heart Mm. like he had my heart. And so you felt kind of alone uh, through those times, but it was during that dry period that God was preparing me for Mm. the increase. Um, And so that, when that happened, God began to just elevate, elevate, elevate. I, it's just amazing. Where I'm at today versus where I was even when I first began pastoring in mm-hmm. 2006, I'm not the same man anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I've realized how much God had, was molding me through those uh, these last uh, 12 years for, for this year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, I, I, I really really want to just encourage anyone that's listening after what you just said, pastor, to, to pray for the pastors and their families and the ministries of the church, because, uh, we never really get to see all the behind the scene, uh, things that go on. And, 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 um, it's important to keep, uh, the ministry, the pastorship and, and, and the family just in prayer that, uh, because for those reasons, you know, you're, you're you're placed in a position to to pastor to guard these sheep and um and at the same time God's going to take you to things but that God will strengthen strengthen the pastors uh and and the leaders of the churches for sure um so uh pastor um you're you're there you're serving what were um what would you say if you could just thank people in your journey of faith uh, I know you mentioned pastor David Hernandez uh, but it, what were some other key figures or figures in your life that in your faith and ministry that, that you would, um, thank God for, you know, as they help you along the way. 
you know, we've we've had some good leadership. Mm -hmm. um, one of them was my uh, district bishop at the time. Um, his name was uh, Bishop Philip Salazar, who's now the general secretary. Mm -hmm. um, he was always in my corner. Mm -hmm. and, and no matter what the odds were, he always supported me, backed me up, would fight for me. Mm -hmm. There's a special place uh, in, in my heart for him. Um, there, there was also, you know, uh, Bishop Mendoza. He mm -hmm. took me in, who was also very close to us from the years under Pastor Hernandez. Mm -hmm. But if I were to actually just put one person that, that I could cash in on that person... I have to tell you whether it would be my wife mm. because my wife was a praying woman, is a praying woman. Mm -hmm. And every time I took a step, she never held back. She never, you know, restrained me. Mm. She was there to follow. And when things got hard, she didn't, she never said quit. Mm. She'd never, you know, she always prayed. And this goes back, when we've been married almost 30 years wow. and um, she was, we got married at 19 and uh, we started working in ministry full time at family life center in 1992, working in the Christian Academy there. We did that for four years. And so I left a career to work for a church and get very little mm -hmm. financially. And she never complained. Wow. And uh, we did that, and then we moved all, we left our, our home in Whittier and moved all the way to Ventura County, where we had no family <laughs> and no, you know, and she, and she never complained. Wow. And she went with us. Um, I went to college, and I graduated from college, and, and, and I was working full-time, going to school full-time and ministering, and she never complained. Mm. And, and so if I have a hero that I would really say, on this journey, it had to be a wife. Mm. Wow, Pastor, that's awesome. That's 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 your fruition of Proverbs eighteen twenty two. You know, he that findeth a good wife findeth a good thing, and and that's right. Yeah, you obtain favor of the Lord, and, and that's awesome, Pastor. That's awesome. That that's a hundred points right there. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, these brothers that are looking for a whole lot of other stuff, yeah. if you don't find a praying wife. <laughs> Oh man, you'll be a heap of trouble. Oh boy, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so, um, so you're like you mentioned, you're you're pastoring there in Ventura, pastor. And uh, not too long ago, we were in California, um, and we were watching on the news that um, that there was these fires up there in California, and um, and didn't realize, pastor, that it's around your area. That, you know, the fires yeah. got a block from our church. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and, and we have a men's home, mm -hmm. and, and they're, they're down the street, and the fire was, a house got burned down a couple, uh, uh, about a couple houses away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was coming home from the church that night, mm -hmm. and a friend of mine, Israel Mendoza, calls me from Stockton and says, hey, I hear there's a fire by you. And I thought he was joking with me. I said, there's no fire, man. And then finally I get home and he goes, no, really? Look on the news. And sure enough, the little town next to us, Santa Paula, was on fire. And it jumped to Ventura. Wow. And, and uh, when it jumped to Ventura, you know, here when you have a men's home, you're responsible for 30 men. Mm. And we have 30 men that got evacuated. Mm. 
and you just can't send them anywhere. They're they're going through rehab. They're yeah. going, you know, they're going through all this, and you interrupt that, you can cause a huge problem. Mm. So when the coordinator calls me, he says, Pastor, what are we gonna do? And I said, Bring them to my house. And uh, so in my house, we had I took eleven men. The coordinator took eleven men <laughs> to his house. And and uh, we kept them there. We were up to about four in the morning, um, not knowing if the church was going to burn down wow. and the and the and the men's home was going to burn down. And so, um, but thank the Lord that uh, our bishop heard. He called me, and we were able to take all twenty. Uh, we had twenty twenty two men at the time, and we took them to the bishop's church and housed them there at the church, fed them. So once we got rid of the 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 men. We were calling, getting, making sure the church people were mm. were safe, and putting people with other people, and it was it was like an Armageddon scene to mm. us, you know. Uh, it was unreal because you realize because our power was out mm -hmm. where I lived. We had no power. Um, you didn't know what was happening, so you mm. lost all internet, and you know, and then it was hitting our cell tower, so cell phones oh, were going wow. down. You know, um, anything that could go wrong was going wrong. Yeah. Um, but God, God smiled upon us because our church didn't burn down. Our men's home didn't burn down. God. Our bishop stepped up, you know, and I, I got to tell you this, um, our president, uh, uh, John Fortino, he called me the next morning and it was very refreshing, you know, to have our leadership mm -hmm. and extend a hand of a help. Uh, he sent us finances to help us. You know, we're still having to feed all these guys. We're still having to help the church. And then where the church is on the west side of Ventura, mm -hmm. all the help, all the water, everybody, all the big organizations were helping, but they were on on, on the east side and they were on oh. Midtown. So nobody was serving our side of town. Yeah. And uh, and most, a lot of our residents here in the, our community take the bus walk they do everything in our community mm. and so they couldn't get to midtown um but uh but god was opening up those doors and and we were able to uh uh we hooked up excuse me for hooked up <laughs> we participated <laughs> and, and collaborated does that sound better <laughs> <laughs> with the uh salvation army um with one of the the mega churches in the area and we opened up shop over here on the west side, and we we fed, and, and we assisted over 200 families in our community. Wow! Water, clothes, uh, food. We emptied out everything. Wow! Um, to help our community. So that was an amazing uh, adventure. Yeah. That was a oh, praise God! So the church is okay. The buildings are okay. You mentioned well, our church got smoked out, and so. The, when when everything was done, the members came in and started cleaning the mm. church. And, and, you know, we did what we do. And then one of the brothers said, hey, Pastor, you know, the insurance can take care of this. Yeah. And I said, what? <laughs> so we, we called the insurance. And sure enough, brother, we're, it looks like we're going to get new carpet. Oh, praise God. New chairs, new paint, <laughs> and new ceiling. Wow. Because they're going to take care of all the smoke. We had no idea. Yeah. And we need new carpet anyway. But, <laughs> but now we're getting it for free, brother. <laughs> wow. Praise God, Pastor. Oh, thank the Lord. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and then 
Pastor, also, um, I had the um, the pleasure of speaking, um, like I was mentioning to you before we we got on, but um, uh, of meeting uh, or speaking with your uh, with your son, who I found out to be your son, Brother Ezekiel uh, per- uh, Perez. And yes. uh, yeah, he invited, um, he reached out to the podcast and listen, brother, we want to get your podcast on here. Is that something also? So that is that part of the church, um, the that internet radio ministry that you have? Yes. Um, there was a huge desire when this all started. Mm-hmm. Was we felt that what was lacking, and and I'm trying to think of the the, the best way mm-hmm. is it, we we deal a lot, and you hear a lot about millennials, mm. and um, and and what what I see. And what we 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 have we felt in our spirit was what a lot of people are missing is that old word mm. because there were there were there was a lot of of, of uh, cassette messages. Mm-hmm. Nobody has cassette players, <laughs> you know. Even mo- a lot of people don't even have CDs anymore. Yeah. And so there was a huge passion to get those old messages, those, those solid messages. Um, to get to to this generation that that generation before us was so powerful in mm. what they believed and i think so so often that generation doesn't get enough credit mm. on how they helped us establish who we are today mm. that's good and the word and the word's powerful yes and even though the church has evolved you know they don't preach against brown shoes anymore they're not <laughs> preaching against you know, uh, against, you know, uh, Red Sox or whatever, you know, uh, the, those messages that are so profound, they impacted and they created who we are today. Mm. And we need to continue to, to, to hear that word, yes. even in this generation. So my son Ezekiel, who's a techie, the Lord gifted him with that. And so he had a, has a passion. We raised him around a preachers and and, and men that preached like that. So mm-hmm. he had a passion to to go out there and bring it back. And that's uh, what he did. And I was so uh, blessed to have that. And and now we were shocked when the first time we saw Ireland come up listening and, <laughs> and, and Russia. And, and we're like, oh, my God, they're listening. And, and we're not playing the flood. We're playing that hard stuff, you yeah. know, <laughs> Jeff Arnold and... Bishop Adam Lopez, David Hernandez, uh, uh, some hard stuff, you know, yeah. and uh, and uh, and people are responding and listening to it to put it back in their spirit. Mm. Some folks have co- contacted him or contacted me and saying, "I missed those messages," wow. and and so it's blessing people mm-hmm. and it's reminding them of those days when God first filled them with the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes. It's reminding them of when they first committed their life. And I think those are uh, those are stuff or things before all the lights came into existence. Yeah. Or all, you know, it, it was just the word. Yeah. And so that was that was the desire to the inspiration for for the internet radio. And um, one of the things is we we there are other denominations that have great uh, uh, ministries, but not apostolic. Mm, yeah, English ministry, mm-hmm. and so uh, because we're primary English, uh, that was another thing. Finding English uh, mm. resources to get uh, 
out those messages because a lot of our kids today have never even heard of these men. Yeah. You know, uh, they never heard the David Hernandez uh, messages. They never heard um, when uh, Bishop Mendoza was young and they didn't hear those type of, or even Bishop Adam Lopez when they were young mm. and the messages that they would preach, Julian Aguirre. And uh, so our passion was to get those messages out there and let the, 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 the generations hear what inspired us to where yeah. we're at today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that's awesome. I, I, I've had the blessing of uh, a privilege to listen to it and, and you're exactly right. You just click on that app or you click on the website because you can find it in different avenues. You can find it on Google Play, on Apple, you know, yeah. just anywhere and on the internet. And right when I click on it, I always have to make sure, like, especially if I'm at work, I have it turned down a little bit because you just start hearing these pre- <laughs> <laughs> It's like yeah. you always catch up in mid-something, and they're just preaching, you know, the Word of God. And then I can turn it up a little bit more <laughs> so I won't scare people around me. But yeah. and, and it's interesting you say that, Pastor, because I remember reading somewhere someone saying, you know, God, uh, you know, you can have your progressive church, you can have this type of church, whatever you want, but ultimately God's coming coming back for a holy church. And, and and I think that's what you were kind of alluding to or referring to a little bit where those, you know, old time preachings, they, they, they preach not to insult, not to hurt, but to um, to get to the heart of the matter. Without, exactly. yeah, without being so delicate, you know, and again, it wasn't to be rude or, or to be unkind, but it was just the word of God and this is what it is. And and the Bible even says the word of God is like a two-edged sword. It's going to pierce. It's going to hurt sometimes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and again, the website is www.thefountainradionetwork.com. And, again, if uh, I'll post some links on there, Pastor, so you can find it, like I said, on Google Play, on Apple. And I believe you have an app now. So all those things, we'll make sure to, to, to put that wow. on there. We uh, just started a podcast, too, called yeah. uh, Tapes, uh, Tapes of the... Uh, the tapes of the TFI radio, and mm. those are like real old ones. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember um, they would sell those sets. Like if you wanted to go to, uh, if you had a went to a conference, they would sell you those little plastic binders, yeah. and they would, yeah, they would have cassettes of six or seven. <laughs> yes, yes. Those are awesome, Pastor. So we uh, people don't want to let go of those. Yeah. So we have to kind of. Wheel and deal with some of the saints <laughs> that we've we've uh, met, and yeah. my son says, "I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll once I record them, I'll make you a digital yeah. pack to put it on your computers, so you can have it all the time." Yeah. And so you know, but those are gold, and sure, we yeah. wanted to go into the ages. So as long as technology is, those things will continue to yeah. live on. Amen. So, um, be, uh, so Pastor, overall, what are some expectancies you have, and? 2018, either personally, ministry, church. What What are some things that you kind of had uh, for the you new know year, what sir? I, I believe 2018 is going to be. I think it's going to be a year of taking back. Mm. I think this is going to be the year that we're going to uh, get back what belongs to us, the church. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, we all know. Uh, the scripture that that tells us that when you catch the thief, he is responsible to give back to you mm. sixfold what he stole from you. And I think that God is setting the church up, not fighting with people, mm-hmm. not fighting with institutions, 
but going to the real matter and the real enemy mm. and going after, you know, the gates of hell mm-hmm. and, and letting them know you were my enemy mm-hmm. and I've caught you and now you have to pay me back. Mm. And, and uh, you know, the Lord revealed that to me a couple of days ago and I came into my office uh, on the second yesterday and I've already been believing that I've already kind of been, uh, it's been in my spirit. I'm getting ready to preach it, uh, about it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, because I got to my office and I got a, a letter in the mail. And, uh, as I got a letter in the mail, it was from our mortgage company and I began to read it and they said, you know, we just want to thank you for being a great customer. And mm-hmm. we thank you for the, it's a Christian credit union. So they're, for your great ministry in the community. So please accept our end of the year blessing. And I went to the second page and it was a check for $1,500, brother. Wow. I just thought, who does that today? <laughs> what bank is going to give money back? <laughs> and it just reminded wow. me the years that the enemies come in mm-hmm. and we stop what we did the last couple of years, we stopped fighting. We, we, I told my leadership, we're not going to mess around with you. Just focus this, focus on the things of the Lord, focus on, on, on understanding who the real enemy is. And mm-hmm. we did. And now we're starting to see the, the blessings that are coming into our, our local church beyond just finances. We got people that are, are, are uh, starting businesses. We're being, we're wow. seeing families restored. Healings are coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and faith is just really growing. And so I see that this is actually going to be the year of the church, that mm-hmm. faith is really going to be launched out because mm-hmm. we're actually going to get back sixfold mm-hmm. from what the enemy had tried to take from us. In Jesus' name, Pastor. Yeah. Oh, Jesus' name. Oh. That, that, that's, that's awesome, Pastor, because um, our pastor preached this uh, New Year service uh, on the theme of, um, you know, why not me? You know, mm-hmm. why not me? Why why can't I, you know, experience these blessings? Why can't I do it? Because we have God on our side. And and that's exactly who we give honor and glory to. And that's who exactly Amen. we know is going to be doing the work for our favor. So so that's awesome. Um, uh, Pastor, if, um, if anyone listening today, um, you know, uh, you needed to hear something encouraging, an encouraging word, whether they've been serving God or whether they're kind of contemplating, you know, should I? Give my life to the Lord, because you know, two thousand. Every time a new year comes, people want to improve. They want to do something better, either uh, physical or health wise, or even spiritual wise. Uh, you know, they should start or they should continue on this journey, Pastor, uh, or a relationship with Christ. What would you What would you say to them? What would your message be to that person? You know, uh, so often when and, and I know it happens a lot with preachers is they use a term, you might have had a bad day or 2017 might have been a bad year. But next year, and and it always starts the message that way or, Mm -hmm. you know, people infer that. But the Lord gave me understanding um, after reading the story of Jacob. Mm -hmm. When Jacob wrestled with with the, the Lord that night, and after that, he was a changed man. Mm. And the Bible says that he, he was given power and that he was given favor of God and men because he prevailed. Mm. And so I told the church on New Year's Eve, I said, you know, I, I am a product 
of my environment. I'm a product of 2017. Mm. And, and I want to challenge people to, to, to look at 2017. You're a product of 2017 and you're here today. But 2018 is going to take you to higher places mm. because 2017 helped me build my faith. Mm. I wanted to quit. I mm -hmm. did get tired. But because I fought through it and I wrestled with God and I held and I had those prayer meetings with God where mm. I said, God, I have to go to work but I'm going to be back later. We're going to finish this conversation, <laughs> God. And we go back and we wrestle with the Lord and we cry and, and we fast and we go through all those motions. Nevertheless, we wrestle with it, but because we prevailed through mm. 2017, that there's a blessing that's coming with God's, God's going to give you your identity. He's going to give you a new name mm. because you contended with him. And then he's going to, he's going to give you favor with him and he's going to give you favor with men. Mm. And so we need to change uh, our, our perception of what it, 2018 is going to be. Don't come in it as a victim, but come in as mm. a victor. Yes. Oh, I like that, Pastor. Oh, that's good. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Don't see yourself. I'm going to repeat it, Pastor. <laughs> Don't see yourself as a victim, but a victor. Oh, yes, what, what a way to close this out, Pastor. I, again, I really want to appreciate your time and and uh, for being here with me today, Pastor, and sharing everything that you did and uh, and, and that you mentioned. And um, again, we I, we do this or I do this and, uh, because I, I want people to hear the goodness of God and that God is still working in people and God is still doing things uh, in this world. And, and it's for everybody. God's grace is not limited. It's open for everybody, and, and I want to appreciate you share, helping me share that today, Pastor. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. All right. Uh, God bless, Pastor. Um, as we conclude our podcast for today, my prayer is that you have been blessed by what you have heard. If you are interested in learning more about this podcast or would like to listen to previous ones, please search for us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and YouTube under iHat Podcast where you will also find links to all our other social media content. If you would like to be a blessing by contributing to this podcast ministry, you could visit iHat Podcast GoFundMe page where you can leave a donation. Till next time, Lord willing, God bless. Thank you.